Hi, this is Rick Thompson, the pastor at Living Water Community Church. This is our podcast, and I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message builds your faith and blesses you. Please enjoy it. Good morning, everybody. I want to welcome you. I want to welcome those who are joining us online. My name is Rick Thompson. Um, we are in a series that we have been calling, well, what are we calling it? Come on, son. Shadow boxing. Shadow boxing. And it's really based on 1 Corinthians 9, 27, the New Living Translation. It says, so I run with purpose in every step. He says, I'm not just shadow boxing. Another translation says, I'm not just aimlessly beating the air. There's a purpose for what I'm doing. He goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 9, 27, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. And so the Apostle Paul's advice to all of us is, earlier in this text says, if we're going to run, run to win. Amen? If we're going to play, play to win. Speaking of winning, <laughs> we had a softball game. Uh, Friday night, and uh, we took, we, we had a double header. I'm not going to lie, by the second game, Pastor Rick was needing oxygen. But after two years, uh, I, I made my home run. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But I wasn't the only one. Dom, Dom, he's like 26, and he made two home runs. I said, but I'm like 50. <laughs> so, so. And then Money Mike, Money Mike, he, uh, he's our pitcher. If it wasn't for him, we wouldn't even be in the game. And so, listen, we want to invite you all to our Friday night meetings. I told, this is my agreement, that if we win a game, I bring it up, I work it into the message. Run to win, play to win. If we lose, mom's the word. Okay? And so that was a good time. Um, so Paul says if we're going to run, run to win. Speaking of winning, we've also been involved with um, Samaritan's Purse. Uh, many of us from this church went out to the, the West Coast to, to help to minister to those whose lives were devastated. We went to a 55 and older community, and um, yeah, the houses were pretty bad. Do we have a few pictures up here? Do we have anything? Yeah, that, that was the group that went from our church. And, um, yeah, keep going. Yeah. It was kind of disheartening. You see these elderly people on the, hanging on to the back of trucks just trying to get their houses in order. Do you, rec- do you recognize that guy in the middle? Who is he? Who is he? The pillow guy. We ran into the pillow guy. That was like the, that was the highlight of my day. I mean, I was like, what, what? And he wanted to take a picture with us. Yeah, he was handing out pillows and doing this thing. So that was awesome. But we also did a personal one for our church where we gave out, uh, we, we, where we collected. So that's all the stuff you guys collected. That's Dave in our community. That's his truck. And so we, we sent all that stuff as well. So we want to thank you guys for participating in this. Those of you who gave, I uh, think you, yeah, you raised something like $641. Today's the last day to give, if you're going to give to that. 100% of it is going to, to Samaritan's Purse. Amen? And so there are many ways to win. We want to win with uh, letting people know that, that 
we are his hands and we are his feet and that we are going to show the love of Jesus to the community. Amen? Now, the Apostle Paul says we want to win. In other words, do whatever it takes to get the victory in your life, especially over the things we, we might find ourselves shadow boxing with because oftentimes it's these unseen things that the enemy wants to use to kind of take us out or like Paul says, to disqualify us by any means necessary. Now, when he talks about disqualification, he's not talking about salvation because our salvation is secure in Jesus Christ. He's talking about our effectiveness. He's talking about our witness. How many know that if you're a walking contradiction in terms of the way you live, if you say you love Jesus but your, your life says something differently, it diminishes your testimony? How many know that? And so that's what he's talking about. Now, we see it happening in real time in terms of the enemy, how the enemy tries to disqualify. We see it happening in real time whenever, whenever the political season comes along. When, when one side is losing or fears losing, then what do they start doing on the other side? They start digging up dirt in the hopes of what? Disqualifying them. They're hoping that whatever little uh, thing that they can find or garbage they can find, that it will disqualify them. Now, the devil uh, uh, is doing the same thing. Right? He's trying to do the same thing in our lives. And because he's already lost the war, that's the best he can do, trying to disqualify us from the run. If he can't, if he can't get your, uh, you know, he says, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. What he tries to do is he tries to hide it under a bushel. He, he doesn't want your testimony going out about how, God, how good God is and what God has done in your life. Jesus said, Jesus said that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He said, but I have come that you might have life and that life to the fullest. He said, he said, but his purpose was, was to give us a rich and satisfying life. That's John 10, 10, the New Living Translation. But notwithstanding Christ's comments and intentions for all mankind, the fact is that everyone, listen to me closely, Everyone, including Christians, have good days and bad days. We have happy days and days when we ain't doing too well. Come on, somebody, from time to time. My question to you is, what do you do when those sad days turn into weeks and those weeks turn into months and in some cases a year or more? That, that feeling like you're, like, you're, like you're being trapped or suffocated like a like a blanket of doom has enveloped your life. If you ever felt that low, it can be quite debilitating and can affect many areas of our lives. And so far, so far we've talked about what to do if we're shadow boxing with addictions and we're shadow boxing with a painful past. If you've missed any of those messages, you can go back on YouTube and, and just look them up. It's a good listen. It's very helpful. Definitely worth hearing. But today we're going to focus on what to do if you're shadow boxing with depression. If you're shadow boxing with depression. I call it the unseen elephant in the room because it's, it's, how, it's how it feels when you're under it, like, like there's an elephant on you. Now, now, why depression? Listen to me. Because it's the leading cause of disability worldwide. And the church isn't uh, exempt from that. It's the leading cause of disability worldwide. Doctors tell us that a full 50% of the population would deal with depression at some, point, at some period in their life. It knows no boundaries. It doesn't care if you're black or white or Hispanic or Asian. It doesn't care if you're rich or poor, or you're good or bad, or male or female. Although, interesting to note, statistically, 
they say it will strike women twice as much as men. 5% of the population are diagnosed with clinical depression, they say. If you do the math, it's 330 million people in the United States. And as we know, like you heard in the video, if it lasts long enough, people start to struggle with suicidal ideation, and some even take their lives, which is why it's on our subject for today and in this series in terms of shadow boxing. Now, the Psalms may have been written by someone who was struggling with depression. In Psalms 42, 11, it says, Why so downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. The question this morning is, if you find yourself shadow boxing with depression, how do you deal with it? And is there ultimate healing for you? Now, before we attempt to answer those questions, we need to understand, in my opinion, there's basically four causes of depression. There may be more, but I'm a, I, I can think of four. I want you to write this down. First cause is situational. Situational. That's when you're going through a difficult time or when something bad happens to you, the loss of a job or the loss of a loved one, a, tra a traumatic event, a perceived betrayal that throws you into a loop. It doesn't necessarily mean there's something chemical going on. It just means you're going through a hard time and it's based on what's going on around you and how you're dealing with it. Now, I can imagine that there's probably a lot of depression happening in Ukraine right about now. Come on, somebody with bombs dropping on them. I even think there's depression going on in Russia as Putin is forcing a draft, sending their young men to the front lines, many of which to die, because they don't believe in this nonsense war that he started. We're entering into a time of year that brings, many, brings on a situation of depression for many. It's the holiday season coming up. And it brings on depression because generally it's a reminder of good times past, or no longer with us because someone may not be at the table anymore or at the Christmas uh, gathering. Or just for you or for those listening, it may trigger bad times. So there's situations that trigger depression. The second cause is physical illness, physical illness. When we get sick, oftentimes we feel depressed, especially if it lingers or if we start to struggle with our, what I call chronic pain. I, I've, experienced, I've experienced this firsthand with, with COVID long over the last two years that something just stuck with me for a year and a half. Next thing I know, I'm dealing with a depression. It's not lifting. It's what's going on, Lord. You start to question your faith. Why is this happening? And so we've had people in our congregation that's been praying regularly for healing, but they've been dealing with a chronic illness, and because they've been dealing with it for so long, they also are struggling with depressive thoughts and the like. So it happens. So physical illness can trigger depression. And then there's the, the big one that the, the psychiatric field will tell us. It's chemical imbalance. There are biological connections with depression that might, that might explain why Women are twice as likely to suffer from it, just from the hormonal changes, especially surrounding pregnancies and births. Chemical changes brought on by disease that can affect the neuropsychological systems. And now, some people 
absolutely disagree if you're dealing with a chemical uh, depression, they disagree with getting medication to treat it. I want you to hear from me this morning. I'm not one of them that disagrees. I'm not one. Now, I believe that God has the ability to heal in a lot of ways, including through the gifted, those who are gifted medically. Amen? Now, having said that, I also find myself strongly disagreeing with those who claim that it's all chemical and has nothing to do with the spiritual realm. Listen to me. I've been a pastor for 25 years. I'm telling you, they are just ignorant or flat out wrong. The Bible gives evidence of many people who were oppressed by devils, and once they were delivered from spirits, their symptoms lifted. I've seen this in my own ministry. We've, Deb and I, a few years ago, I was preaching at a church in Hollywood, and I mentioned, and I'll, and I'll, te- I'll share this testimony a little later, I mentioned in my message about what happened to a, a young man that came under our ministry. And then after that, a, a, a woman came up and called the church and said, Pastor Rick, a, a deliverance that took place, Pastor Rick, can you please pray for me because I think I'm dealing with some kind of demonic oppression. I said, well, what's going on? She's, she's been anorexic. She's, she's not been able to eat. Um, she's losing her job. Uh, she was a visiting person. Her, her mother came to the church. Her parents came to the church. She's about to lose her job. She's about to lose her husband because he doesn't understand why this is going on for so long. She thinks it's, a, it's an oppression. Now, I've learned a long time ago, I've stopped telling people, no, it's not, until after I prayed with them. Because I prayed with people, and lo and behold, I found out, yeah, no, there's something going on. And so I called her in to the office, and my wife and I uh, put on some Christian music. We took out the anointing oil. She was that thin. She looked like she was about to die. She was depressed, borderlining on suicide. She said, this doesn't work. And as we prayed for her in, our, in my office, we sat her down, we put on music, we anointed her, and we just started praying in the spirit. Anybody know what I mean by praying in the spirit? Yeah. Right, if you don't know, just see me later. We started praying in the spirit over her. And maybe about 15, 20 minutes into this, all of a sudden, she just welled up. And this, oh my goodness, this curdling scream just came out of her mouth. And it went on for another 10. I mean, just every time she can catch her breath, it was just going. It was going. And we just kept praying. And as we prayed, when it finally uh, left her, 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 she relaxed and she looked. And she said, I feel lighter. I think it's gone. Well, praise God. Lord, fill every area of her life. Fill those areas where she's been struggling. Touch her, Lord. She left. She didn't come to the church. I didn't see her for one year because she came back one year later. She was about 40 pounds heavier, not in a bad way because she, she looked like she was dying. She looked healthy. She had her husband on her arm. She came to me and said, Pastor Rick, thank you so much for praying for me. You saved my life. I said, I didn't save your life. Jesus saved your life. Amen. And so not all of this stuff is all chemical. Sometimes a, a stronghold. So, so one of the reasons that, that these things happen, I want you to write this down, is a spiritual oppression. A spiritual oppression. Jesus says, I've come that you might have life to the fullest. 
The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, something may not be right in your life, or there may be a stronghold over your life. And again, I learned this earlier, even as a young man, the story I shared that night was of a young man who I, was at, I wasn't married at the time. We were invited to a singles retreat. One of the girls there was begging her, her brother to come um, because he, his, his life was just messed up, messed up. Well, it was a two-day retreat. We were in bunk beds. She came to the door, knocked, said, please someone pray for my brother. He had this big old cyst on his ear that was painful. So getting close to um, bedtime, but a bunch of us got out of bed. We laid hands on him. We started praying for him in the spirit. Anybody know what I mean by praying in the spirit? I'm just praying with you. We start praying in the spirit. Next thing I know, for healing. Next thing I know, he goes down. I promise you, I was not expecting him to fall to the ground. When he falls to the ground, he starts doing all sorts. He's, he's manifesting something. Now, clearly in your, in your spirit, I don't know what he's manifesting. I just know there's something there. And so we're praying for him. And for the next hour, I'm on the ground next to him. And because it's going on so long, people start to get up and leave. But there were several of us, maybe three or four of us that stayed there. We just continued to pray. And as this thing was, he was struggling with this thing. At some point, something broke off of him. And as he's laying there, tears start coming down his eyes. And he reaches my hand, and he grabs my hand, and he kisses my hand. It's not every day a dude kisses my hand. <laughs> he was thankful. Um, he gets up from that moment on. He gives his life to Jesus. I used to be in a Christian band where we traveled around. We found out that this person's um, brother, he had a voice. He could so he could sing. And he started following us around uh, with the band. He, he says, then he started opening up for us in the band, singing. And then he ended up marrying my lead singer, uh, 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 or a backup singer. Uh, uh, um, and they're still married today. Then we all got, I got married. I found my beautiful wife. We went our separate ways. He moved to the West Coast. And ten years later, we were all invited to a, a birthday party, a reunion sort of thing. Uh, on a boat, a yacht sort of thing. And I hadn't seen him in, in years. He walks up to me. He says, Ricky. And I say, what's up? I'm not going to give his name. He could be watching. And he says, Ricky, because it's his testimony to share. Amen? Personal. He says, Ricky. He comes up. We start talking. He says, Ricky, you remember? You remember that night, that night when you all prayed for me? I said, bro, how could I forget? It's not every day that somebody, a man kisses my hand. Yeah. He said, do you know what I was, what I was dealing with? No idea. And I honestly, sometimes I have no idea. He says, when I got there, he says, I was a full-blown coke cocaine addict. Could not break it for nothing, thinking about killing myself. When I got up off that floor, it was all gone. Come on, to God be the glory. Listen. Oh, I forgot to say. And that thing on his ear, the next day, <laughs> it burst. And so he got healed. He got saved. He got delivered. 
all in the span of an hour and a half to God be the glory. Amen? Jesus is the answer. So he has the ability. Sometimes the things that we're dealing with are strongholds. Sometimes the things that the enemy's trying to put on us, and if we keep saying, oh, no, it's not, and let me just keep throwing drugs at it, or let me do this, let me do that, sometimes the answer is to press into the things of the Lord. Amen? So spiritual oppression can and is a cause of many mental illnesses and bondages, in my opinion. And when broken, all the symptoms tend to leave. So whether it's situational, physical, chemical, or spiritual, these are the things that could bring on a depression. Now, the person who penned Psalms 42 arguably was dealing with some kind of depressive episode or emotional sadness in his life. In Psalms 42, 1 through 3, this is what he says. He says, as the deer pants for the streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long, where is your God? Anyone ever heard the song, As the Deer? As the deer panteth for the water, so my soul longeth after thee. You alone are my heart's desire, and my, I long to worship thee. And so we sing it as a worship song, but the truth of the matter is it was a lament. He's going through a difficult time. So, so, so when he says, my tears have been my, my food day and night, these are not tears of joy. These are not tears of happiness. This tells me he's going through a long, protracted period of sadness. He's not eating or drinking. And when it says day and night, that suggests he's probably not even sleeping because he's going through something. It also suggests that he's having some kind of spiritual doubt. What does the end of verse 3 say? It says, where is your God? Like we said last week, isn't that the sort of thoughts that kind of hit us when we're going through troubling times? I know I've been there. God, where are you? Where are you in these difficult times? Verse 2 says, when when can I go meet him? In other words, Lord, where are you? And oftentimes it's because of those feelings that, that we don't share with people what we're going through, especially as men. We kind of keep things to ourselves. But also as Christians, we don't like to share when we're going through a difficult time. I, I can't admit that I'm struggling with doubt in these troubled times, so, so we remain silent. He continues. Listen to what he says in verse 9. He says, I say to I, Psalms 42 verse 9, I say to God my rock, why have you for, forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? The fact is he's struggling with spiritual doubt. But that's not all. He's also struggling with, I believe, depression, internal confusion, and and a physical oppression. Psalms 42.5, why am I so depressed? Why this turmoil within me? Verse 10, my bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God. And so he's, his, he's depressed, his body hurts. But let me recap. He's sad, doubting, confused, and in pain. Anyone ever feel that way? 
Again, I have. Uh, and you may also, you may have also as well. And if not, you might one day consider, and they said 50% of the population will experience it at least once in their life. Now, whoever the psalmist is, and some people think it's David, I'm not sure it is, but they think it's him because he was chased out of Jerusalem either by Saul, who was persecuted him, or his son, who was trying to take over, his, his, his uh, handsome but crooked son. But in these texts, I see four things that we could do that will guarantee a healing if we focus on the, on, on the Lord. Amen? Four things. Now, the first thing I want you to write this down is, when you're going through that kind of battle in your life, look to God for help. Look to God for help before Oprah or anyone else. So Psalms 42, one says, As the deer pants for the streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. And in my opinion, ultimately, all healing comes from God, whether supernaturally or through medical means. Our first, we should first go to God. Amen? Speaking of which, we're having a prayer meeting this Wednesday. And if you're struggling with anything in your body or any type of oppression or you need to see a move of God in your life, guess what we're going to be doing Wednesday? We're fasting all day. We're going to break fast after our service. And we're going to be praying. We call it the hour of power. It's really about an hour and 20 minutes of prayer and worship and seeking the Lord. You are all invited. Now, the second thing we need to do, well, the scripture says if anyone is sick, call the elders, right? Have them anoint you with oil. And the scripture says, and the prayer offered in faith will make that sick person well. Do you believe that? James 5.14, we want to bring it to God first. Second thing is be honest about how you feel. The psalmist says, my soul is downcast. In other words, I feel depressed. I feel depressed. Now contrast that with the answer that we've all been trained to give. How do you feel? Less than overcoming, brother. I'm fine. Nothing to see here. That's what we're trained to say. I have literally spoken to couples who are living in the same house, asking the same question at the exact same time, and got two completely different answers. How are things going? <laughs> she she said, everything is great. And he says, everything is awful. Are you, do you guys live together? You know? I, 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 it, it happens from time to time. Now, I'm not saying that as it, as it relates to your personal business that you have to tell everybody what's going on, but I'm saying that there should be at least one or two people that you can tell how you really feel. We all need that, amen? amen. That would be great if the church was a place that we could be honest, and when you come in, you can say, I'm struggling. I need prayer. Put me on your prayer list. I've got go-tos. I, I mean, I've been at this too long to be faking it. I, 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 <laughs> uh, this is a first. <laughs> someone, someone got jokes in the church. Listen, 
I've got go-tos who I can tell them, this, this is how I'm feeling, this is what's going on, please pray for me, all right? And everyone should have go-tos in their life. So look to God for help. Be honest about how you feel, okay? Then number three, remember your blessings. Psalms 42, 4 says, these things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. We want to remember what God has done, especially during those times. The devil wants you to forget. But I always tell people things are bad, but they're not all bad. You, you think they're all bad, but they're not all bad. Uh, if you're struggling with depression or depressive thoughts, they want you to think that they're all bad. I suggest make a list. Make a list of what God has done in the past and of your blessings, how he pulled you through difficult times in your life. Write, write them down. Do you have a roof over your head? Come on, somebody. Food in your stomach? Did you, did you get here to work, uh, uh, I mean, to, to, to church? Do you, have, do you have gainful employment? Do you have people in your life who love you? You have kids? You have grandkids? Are, are there accomplishments or experiences that you, that, that you are proud of, victories in your life? It, it, uh, it, listen, it may be bad, but it's not all bad. And the devil wants you to think that it's all bad. And when I'm going through specific things, I'm one of those people that say, you know, if, if God brought me through it before, he'll do it again. Amen? Amen. I'm one of those people that say, this too will pass because he's given me the victory in the past and he's going to do it again. David said that when he was facing the, uh, Goliath. He said, God has given me the victory over the, over the lion and the, and the bear. And the same God who gave me the victory over the lion and the bear is going to take care of this uncircumcised Philistine giant in my life as well. You may have a giant in your life, but don't forget the victories that God has already brought you through because if he did it before, he'll do it again. Amen? And so, Psalms 42.8 says, By day the Lord directs his love, at night his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I need to get to the place where I'm standing on what I know for sure. Listen to me today. It may be nighttime, but even in the midst of the nighttime, God's song is there. Amen? When these worship songs, that's why in, on Sunday mornings, we also, we, just as much as important is the time of worship is the time of teaching. Because in the worship songs, <laughs> you are going to hear the scriptures. And it's in those times when God is going to uh, allow those things to, to, to bubble up within you. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory in the name of the Lord. Uh, and I start to remember these songs as I'm going through these difficult times, and I, I literally start to sing them over my life. Allow the songs of praise to infiltrate your heart and to sing them to yourself. Amen? Which leads me to the last and final one. Remain hopeful. Do not give up. Psalms 42.11 says, Why am I discouraged? Why so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. Listen, it, it seems like during those times our tendencies are to doubt our, our beliefs and to believe our doubts. 
We doubt our beliefs and believe our doubts. Ask God to give you the strength to do the exact opposite. Doubt your doubts and believe your beliefs. When he whispers in your ear that this is it, you're not going to make it. Rather than saying, oh, this is it, I'm not going to make it. Say, I doubt that. I doubt that. Doubt your doubt and believe your beliefs. I believe that God is going to make a way where there seems to be no way. Amen? I believe he's going to give me the victory over whatever situation or circumstance that I'm going, whether I've got to go over it, under it, or around it, God is going to give me the victory. I'm going to start from this day on, whenever the enemy comes in my life and starts whispering these negative things, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I'm going to remember that Jesus came that I might have life, and that's life to the fullest. I'm going to start doubting my doubts and believing my beliefs. And I'm going to start taking God's promises and putting them to the test and standing on each and every one. I'm going to remain hopeful, which is another way of saying I'm going to remain in faith. Romans 5.3 says we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us to do what? What do they, what do they help us do? When we run into problems and trials, what do they help us do? They help us to develop endurance. Turn to someone and say, it's just making me stronger. <laughs> it's just making me stronger. It's making me, making me develop my endurance. And then it goes on to say, endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confidence, hope of salvation, and this hope we will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. So listen to me. Whatever the cause of your depression or your sadness, whether it's situational or physical illness or chemical imbalance or a spiritual impression, oppression, look to God, be honest, how you feel, remember your blessings. Things may be bad, but they're not all bad. And remain hopeful. Because my Bible says God has not abandoned me, nor forsaken me. And he's not abandoned me, especially in my brokenness. The enemy wants you to believe that. I was talking to my daughter this week. And oftentimes when we go through these times, it feels like a test. And you ever feel like during the, during the middle of a test that you're having difficulty hearing God? Is it just me? You have difficulty hearing God. And a lot of times it's because, and I heard this before and just went off in my spirit. During the test, the teacher is silent. Come on, somebody. <laughs> you're going to make it through this. He knows what he's put in you. You are going to endure whatever situation you're facing because Jesus is with you and you belong to him. Oh, my God. <laughs> Did anyone just sense that? You belong to him, and he knows how to take care of his own. He knows where all the green pastures and the still waters are. He knows how to give us the victory. over the giants 
and the lions and the bears. My Bible says, a broken and contrite heart he will not despise. He opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And so when I approach God, I come in a position of humility, trusting that my Father is going to see me through all this. The other thing I told my daughter, I said, listen, I've been in situations where I've been in battles because sometimes the battle is within that the enemy's trying to do, that, that, that you're shadow boxing with. And sometimes he's stirring up the people around you. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and ruling spirits in high places. And so, and so a lot of times we want to lash out at the people around you who the devil is using to attack us. But really it's a spiritual battle. It's, it's, it's what's controlling them. And so God invites us to fight some of our battles, many of our battles, on our knees and trust that he's going to take care of it. And I said, in the past, I must be honest with you, there are some battles, my, my knee-jerk reaction from a, I'm a kid, if, if, I, if I get attacked, it's coming back. But, but this is what I learned over the years. The battles that I've decided to take on myself and attack in kind never turn out very well. They tend to escalate. The ones that I've said, okay, Lord, I'm going to bite my tongue. I'm not going to respond in kind. I'm going to allow you to take, take fight this battle. Isn't that what David said? You come against me with sword and javelin. But he didn't say, I come against you with a stone and a rock. What did he say? I come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts. When I allowed the, the, the Lord of hosts to fight those battles, those things go so much smoother than when I start to take things on myself. Does that make sense? And so whatever you're going through, like I said, I'm not against God using medically trained people as well. Allow God to speak to you as to what to do in those situations. If it's a situational thing, I promise you this, this too will pass. Just endure. This will, this will pass. If, it, if it's a, 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 a chemical thing, trust that God's going to bring you to the right people to help deal with it. If it's a spiritual thing, uh, the, the scripture encourages us to seek out the elders of the church, have them anoint you with oil, and to pray. And the Bible says, and that prayer offered in faith will cause that person to become healed or delivered because we serve a mighty, mighty God. Amen? And so, to God be the glory. Amen? And so, if you're here today, if you're here today, you've not yet surrendered your life to Jesus, King Jesus, the lover of our soul, listen, I want to put out a personal invite to you to come to him because he loves you. Can I get a witness? Anybody experience the love of Jesus? Not ashamed to say it. Right? All over this place. It's like the man in the video. He, he realized, yes, I'm going through all these things. But the peace that I received, I found 
in Christ. I can tell you, I've been at this for over 25 years. I can tell you numerous stories how God supernaturally just set people free and changed their life completely. God has the ability to make a way where there seems to be no way and to tear down every, any and every stronghold that the devil may put up in your life if I submit to him. And then he gets the glory. Amen? He gets the glory. If you're not yet accepted, accepted Christ as your Savior, it would be my privilege and my honor to lead you in a prayer of commitment to him. I'm going to ask everyone to bow their heads and close their eyes and say something like this from your heart. Say, Heavenly Father, I humbly bow my head and my heart to you. I acknowledge some biblical truths. I, I am a sinner and I need a Savior, and Jesus is my Savior. Come into my life, come into my heart. From this day forward, Lord, I, I surrender all to you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. And thank you for three days later you rose from the dead. And the promise is that because you live, I shall live as well. Help me, Lord, to remain in faith. I want to have your heads bowed and your eyes closed. And those who are listening online as well, if you are struggling with depression, hear the word of the Lord. Don't give up. Put your trust in Jesus, and he will make a way where there seems to be no way. Put, he said, cast your cares on me because I care for you. But whatever it is you're struggling with, you're shadow boxing with, whatever it is that the enemy's trying to discourage you, dissuade you, depress you, turn it over to King Jesus. And from this day forward, watch the change that's going to take place in your life. Father, I just ask that for those who are struggling, that you would show yourself strong, that your Holy Spirit would come upon them, that you would fill them with your spirit, with your power, and with your love, that they start to experience the fullness of your gospel, your good news, that you would pour out your spirit and that you would raise up men and women to be warriors for you, completely trusting in you in every area of their lives, a blessing on your church. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all say, amen and amen. Thank you so very much for listening to this message. We hope you were truly blessed. If you were, please subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already and share it with a friend. Doing so will cause the seeds of God's word and the message of his love to spread like wildfire. So thanks again for partnering with us in this important way. Stay thirsty for Christ, my friends, until the whole world hears. God bless.